you know, when you speak to a Spanish or French person and the accent is so romantic and, and you know, when you hear yourself back, you're like, it's very Russian. <laughs> uh, I think you really have got a beautiful voice. Thank you. Over the next few nights, uh-huh. I'm going to spend a lot of time with your voice. Like, it's, I'm going to be really familiar with your voice. Like, I have a, I have a relationship with it <laughs> by the time I finish. <laughs> So tell me about your work. I know that you do massage mm-hmm. and body work, but I don't know the principles of it. It has to begin with like very beginnings, how I started, because like everybody else, I just went into, a, I don't know, like your ordinary massage school where I did my qualifications. And from that, just opportunities opened up to me. And I felt like whatever uh, they were offering to students wasn't enough for the clients, like for us as students. When I found a good teacher, master, guru whose teaching was aligning with my views, it made so much sense, you know, that touch is beyond everything. Like how I see my massage is more like intuitive touch rather than one specific technique. So I guess I I would see a person first, we would chat. Of course, normally people would meet you for one or two reasons, pains, aches, relaxation. And from there, I would take them through a journey of being aware of their body. I guess this is how it works, actually, because when you touch a person, they would say, okay, I have aches in, in my back or in my shoulders or in my neck. And then you do more beyond that. And they see like, oh the realization comes that it's all connected in your body and like neck pain comes from ankle or something like that. When you say you kind of work by intuition, Mm -hmm. you're talking about a kind of deeper feeling, a deeper understanding. Yeah, you're right. It's not only thoughts. I think it first goes through touch. So first goes when... I start my treatment, I would do so-called catwalk where I gently touch the person's body and I kind of go intuitively into the person's body and like feel the tension, but not only physical tension. Sometimes the body itself is soft in the place, but the person tenses up, you know, so you kind of read those small messages um, Mm -hmm. and you decide what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But I love it. Um, you know, my journey was very, very interesting. And because when you start, you just want to try everything and do all sorts of techniques. And, you know, with age, you kind of realize that you want to do something beyond that. So my kind of I decided that my mission is going to be to make people feel better and make the world healthier through touch Mm -hmm. wow 
I, it's fascinating. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I feel like I found my purpose in life. Even when I did um, astrology reading uh, for my course last year, a lady who was kind of very famous in Australia, reading um, stars, not knowing me just by my date of birth and time of my birth, she said that my stars align into being a healer. And she's like, right, I would suggest you, if you're not doing yet, to become either psychologist, massage therapist, or something like that. And I was very shocked, yeah. I always want to do women's work. My birth of my second child was the pivotal point where I, like, my life has changed. It it was kind of a little bit complicated because it was a um, second pregnancy. First was C-section and I wanted to do it at home. I ended up anyway in the hospital. During the birth, looking back made me realize that I lost so much power, you know, in that hospital bed. It took me back for a few months. I was in shock. I, 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 I was never diagnosed with anything, but I was very, very sad about it. I had birth photographer, but her encouragement was very, very empowering. It was it made me feel very comfortable, actually. And I felt like this is what person needs. She was believing in me, you know? Those two midwives, they're not emotionally involved and they were there just because of their job. But she was like emotionally supporting me and saying, you can do this, girl. It took me quite a while to understand what happened. And after few long months, I realized that it made me even stronger. And since then, I completely realized that I want to work with women, like empower, empower, empower. Don't lose your power. So the course I'm doing, it's called the Shamanic Woman's Craft Journey. It's with very famous Australian teacher. I decided that I want to do women's work and she just came to my life. It's so amazing, like everything in life, you know, whatever you decide, you get those gifts. My long-term plan now is to create a space for women to come where they can feel safe, they can receive massage, they can receive support, have women's circles, safe space to talk, to chat. I'm working towards that, yeah. I feel like I'm that kind of person who could do things for free, right? And sometimes, you know, when I meet a client and I give her pregnancy massage and I feel like, you know, she will go alone or she doesn't have enough like knowledge what's going to happen, I would say to her, listen, just call me, I'll come, you don't need to pay me or anything, you know, just I'll be there for you because I, I know how rewarding it is to remember that birth forever.
this is how when I see my son's bath, I remember her a lot. She's coming near me and saying those supportive words. I think I have an idea about what you mean because my second birth actually Mm -hmm. it was not what I was expecting when I'd actually given birth the first thing that I wanted to do was like throw my arms around the midwife I was actually lucky enough to have a really supportive Mm -hmm. midwife but I just threw my arms around her neck and I just I was like holding on to her and she was like "Uh, you did your baby (laughs) (laughs) but I just felt a comfort Mm -hmm. in her presence and kind of relief I don't know a bit like having a mother there maybe because I didn't have my mother there so Mm -hmm. absolutely that sisterhood it's like we make magic with other women I can Mm -hmm. I can totally relate I had my mother in my first birth she was uh Mm -hmm. praying in the corner (laughs) (laughs) I was calming her down with like full-on contractions and she was like you know doing her catholic prayers (laughs) Funny. I'd rather have I'd rather yeah. have your midwife then. <laughs> so did you were brought up as a Catholic or I was. My grandmother, she was very religious. She would every Sunday she would take us to church and during the winter was awful, you know, like if there was a lot of snow, then if there's no way we could walk for miles and miles to church, she would turn on the radio, the mass on radio, and we would <laughs> kneel in front of the radio and do the prayers, seriously. And then when I turned 12, something clicked in my mind and I said to her, that's it, I'm becoming a pagan. <laughs> you, should, you, you should have seen her face. And I think my mom, she's she is one of those people who would never, who would accept our choices, you know, and she would support us, mm-hmm. which is great. So do you mind me asking about your story about how really you came over to London and did you travel to lots of places or did you just, you wanted to come to London or? I I didn't want to come to London at the first place. (laughs) (laughs) My husband really wanted to come and I just followed him because I feel like I can adapt in any, like any country, any situation. We came 11 years ago. We actually marked our 11th anniversary on 26th. But I visited London and I worked through summers since forever. So I knew London. It felt like it's my my city, my my place. So yeah, he decided to come. We came with fifty pounds in our pockets. <laughs> oh, crazy young people, you know. Fifty pounds in pockets, lots of booze, <laughs> cigarettes, who cares, you know? But yeah, and we just we we did it. We did it. There was the reason why we came. I just, I don't know. I think it was just, I don't know if there's a word in English, but like maximalism. Like we just wanted to conquer the world and see places. And we knew English. And when we came, I started in pubs and bars. And I remember I would serve, my English wasn't really, wasn't really good. And 
I would serve beer in the local pub and chat to these regular customers who would come for their pints. And they would, you know, they would be amazing teachers. They would just correct you nicely. And, you know, as long as you keep a conversation with them, they would be happy. Yeah. I loved it. I wouldn't change. One of the last books I read and which kind of I've learned a lot from it was um, Naomi Wolf's book called Vagina. Okay. (laughs) That's a really good book because, you know, I'm learning now. I'm like reading everything about femininity, like women empowerment, etc. And this book is just must to read. Like, it's not about only anatomical body part. It's about how women were worshipped thousands of years ago and how patriarchal stepped in and changed goddesses into gods. And then it goes through the history of rapes during the wars and songs in jazz culture about, you know, I'll put my hot dog into your bun, etc. You know, <laughs> and and she she talks so amazingly that you understand like how woman history, you know, was taken apart from nowadays culture. And yeah, I just I I highly recommend if anyone gets a chance mm-hmm. to read that book. Mm-hmm. Because actually, even the word vagina is like a male perspective word, isn't it? Is that right? It is. It means like sword sheath or something. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> Insane, I know. Actually, I did hear that cunt is a much more feminist word. It is. And it, then... it is. And, I, you know, I'm coming because I'm not coming from your culture. And when I've heard that word, it didn't mean anything to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't mean like a swear word to me or like word I would upset if I say that word I would upset a person and mm-hmm. you're right it's this this word was yeah so much better than, than we think it is when you read this book it kind of empowers you you know you learn and you you step into yourself more because you understand what you were feeling about yourself was right Mm. so it kind of talks about how we as women how we actually view ourselves and why we view ourselves that way mm-hmm. yeah that sounds fascinating mm-hmm. another one for the list I know I'm the same I've, I've, I'm reading like probably four books at the moment so now I'm listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza becoming a supernatural okay his philosophy I like I really like his philosophy Mm-hmm. He's a neuroscientist. He had a like major accident, cycling accident, where his back was broken in like 15 places. And he was told that he would never walk. And he actually meditated, meditated, visualized his back, fusing back and like becoming functional again. And he actually fixed his back with his thoughts. And since then, he do workshops where he would scan brain, they would do meditations, and uh, then he would scan people again, and see the difference. So now he achieved so many things like people healing from cancers, blind people seeing, deaf people hearing. And that's what he means that 
power is within you. Mm. He teaches how to make like these meditations and visualizations where whatever you want, you can make it happen. He would teach you how, like steps, how to achieve that, how to write it down, how to think, you know, and and finally you'll get that. Yeah. So yeah, another book for you. There you go. Yes, list. definitely. That's definitely adding that one to the list. <laughs> At the moment, I've got The Power of Now on Audible, which is one that Emily recommended. Uh-huh. At the moment, it's talking about consciously listening to your thoughts mm-hmm. as though you are another person listening to your thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. so you can start to realize what the, the negative thoughts are and those patterns that you're getting into, you know. I love it. I love it. Mm. Yeah, his voice is a bit weird, though. That's the only thing that's putting me off at the moment. Is it Edgar Tolle, right? Yeah, that's it. Oh, my gosh. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know him. Um, The book New Earth was... I I tried to listen on 1.5 speed. It didn't help. So I I ended up buying his book and reading it. It's, I, I agree with you. I honestly, there there is quite few other teachers and amazing authors who write beautiful books, and you know, and they find like their discoveries are, you know, amazing. But their voice is just, you know, doesn't align with your ears uh, at all. <laughs> it's a shame because I'm sure there's many voice people who are willing to have the job of reading the book. <laughs> I agree. But actually, sometimes it's wonderful when it's the author reading, isn't it? Like I read, um, this is a bit of an unusual one for me to read, but someone recommended it to me. It was the autobiography of Alicia Keys. Oh, uh-huh. Who, in fact, is like a, a fascinating person. Mm-hmm. But I think it was really important to listen to her book on Audible because it was her own voice telling her mm-hmm. own story. And she there was mu- some of her music on it. And it, so it was, you know, in that case, I think it was... It made a massive difference. But yeah, some people should just like hire Stephen Fry or something. (laughs) Something that brings me joy. (laughs) There's so many things that brings me joy, actually. But at the moment is uh, cold water swimming. It's amazing honestly I cannot recommend more I started doing this regularly uh, at the beginning of December sometimes every day sometimes every other day so I would say average four times a week it's awful it's cold it's wet it's mucky yucky but it brings you so much joy I love it I do in two places. One is like a small stream called Kwagi River. And then the second one, like more decent one, <laughs> is in Lullingston Country Park, where the depth of the river is not as shallow as this one. You know, it started with famous Iceman called Wim Hof. I did his workshop and I did ice bath and we did this amazing 20 minutes breathing before where he talks a lot about power of breath and how you can actually stay for hours and hours in the cold water if you take control of your breath. 
and that experience actually changed my mindset and it helped me actually to understand that if I can stay in cold water for three minutes, freezing cold water, I can do almost anything, you know. So I would call, make a joke out of myself in that river because it's literally on the main street. People take pictures. <laughs> and I have quite a few people now joining me, so my sister would always go with me. And then I have other friend who takes her mom and she's 60. So we would go sometimes four of us. So yeah, our community is growing. You're welcome to join. It's not glamorous, you know, but <laughs> it makes a difference, definitely. Physically and mentally. We did it when, the, when we had first snow as well. It was so special. With our woolen hats, <laughs> you know, amazing. You know, I am Leo. My star sign is Leo and my Chinese sign is Tiger, so I'm like real cat. I hate water. I don't like to get wet. I have to talk myself into going a shower. Honestly, so to me, doing a cold water swimming is just <laughs> something, something. I'm, I feel like I'm a hero, you know, achieving a lot. But I know that there's massive research on mental health as well. People, if they go to DP, they would be referred to do wild water swimming to help their mental health, like treating depression and anxiety. You get that good feeling that you achieved something, so... I'm very proud of myself. It makes me makes me be proud of myself. You know, being a massage therapist, you get all sorts yeah. of clients. Like like all sorts of requests. And uh, my last most hilarious story was I nearly changed my profession into becoming a model. Why? What <laughs> <happened>? <laughs> I went to see a client and normally, you know, when I give massage, I would do it barefoot so I can ground myself and not take the energy if, unless the person has like a negative energy or anything, you know, it will go through my feet. So this person is facing down and he would say, oh, I like your feet. And, you know, like, it's not not the thing I would normally hear. Normally people would say, you know, I like the pressure. <laughs> no, pressure is wrong. <laughs> and he says, I like your feet. I'm like, well, thank you. And then suddenly you become aware of your feet. That, you know, that my manicure, like, my pedicure is okay. <laughs> and then he says, would you like to be a feet model? I'm like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says to me, I have this website where I have loads of pictures of feet. He said, I, I would offer you 200 pounds for 
you know, it's for four pictures, like two pictures for one foot and two pictures of other foot. I obviously say no. Okay, I say no. And I say, sorry, but I don't know if it's right price. You know, if you li- if you really like my feet, it must be more. And I, I leave, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, probably I'm not going to see you again. <laughs> and then that person texts me and says, how much would you like me to pay for those nice feet? And I jokingly answer him. I text him saying 1,000. And he says, okay, if you let me sniff them too. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm guessing you didn't text him back. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking part. Thank you for your work, honestly. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, good. Oh, well, we'll have to do it again. Definitely.